Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, which, by the way, I'd like to say is much more than a daily report. It really is a knowledge platform from which we communicate to leadership on various strategic topics uh, throughout our reports, uh, these podcasts, and also on webinars and hopefully live events in the future. A lot of it depending on all these variants. Anyway, so along with our chief strategist, uh, Shelley Cohan, uh, who is also a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, makes her very intelligent, uh, we <laughs> welcome you uh, to our weekly podcast. And the topic this week is physical and digital can't live without each other. So Shelley, you know, from a macro point of view, I guess we can start with um, what we actually knew to be true before the pandemic and is continuing into the holidays, that the omni-channel or the seamlessly integrated in-store and online businesses are interdependent and create a huge synergy of choice for the consumer. Um, In short, it offers several different shopping options as well as returns. what is now fairly common knowledge, when the consumer has more than one channel to shop, they tend to spend three to five times as much. So here we are um, with great excitement. Consumers are going back into the stores, okay? And, and let's just put the Omicron variant aside for a second. Retailers adjusted inventory as best they could given the supply chain collapse and the inflationary result thereof seems uh, to be digestible, right, for consumers. And as retailers urged consumers to start holiday shopping earlier, they did. Um, The NRF says they began holiday shopping at least in early October and a total of 180 million shoppers made in-store and online purchases during the Thanksgiving weekend, which, by the way, exceeded their initial expectations by over 21 million. Um, This figure compares with 186 million shoppers in 2020 and is in line with the average of the last four years. The number of people who shopped in stores increased with approximately 104.9 million shoppers visiting stores, and that was up from 92.3 million in 2020. Uh, The overall number of online shoppers decreased to a total of 127.8 million from 145.4 million last year. So uh, numbers aside, but they tell the story, Shelley. So none of this obviously should be surprising, right? I mean, with a country (laughs) full of sick people, uh, people sick, I'm sorry, of the pandemic, and not even wanting to think about Omicron uh, at this point, shoppers are scurrying back to the stores for the experience of holiday spirit and joy. And obviously sticking to online for convenience. But let's, you know, step back a little to the topic. 
uh, that physical and digital can't live without each other. A few podcasts ago, Shelley, we, we uh, caught, you know, the, the e-com breakup debate, uh, we unpacked our reason and opinion of why Sachs was making a big mistake by spinning off the online business. And I think I said at the time, <clears throat> even Amazon, along with a bunch of other digital natives like Warby Parker and now Allbirds, among others, are seeing this synergy and, by the way, customer acquisition benefits of opening physical stores. And on the legacy side, listen to what Jeff Gannett, the CEO of Macy, said to, to an analyst meeting. Quote, unquote, quote, what we're seeing is that the more brick and mortar business that we're creating, the more the digital is happening in those particular zip codes. So that's saying something. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I can back that up. You know, when I worked at Bloomingdale's 59th Street in New York City, which, as you know, Robin, maybe our, some of our listeners may not know this who aren't in the city, but it takes up literally an entire city block. Well, a significant amount, and I mean a super high percentage of our dot-com business actually came from customers who lived within 10 city blocks of the store. So, yeah, and you and I have uh, discussed this whole idea behind the small store strategies of Target, Walmart, Macy's, Nordstrom's, Bloomingdale's, that they see an increase in digital zip codes where they place their stores. So they see an increase in their digital business when they put these small store formats um, in these locations. And conversely, when they close stores, then the digital business declines. So, right. And that's a big point, Shelley. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And get this, the uh, IHL <laughs> says that retailers... <laughs> Would, are expected to open more stores than close, which is great news, uh, since the first time uh, since 2017. So and most of the growth is really coming from mass merchants, food, drug, convenience chains, extreme value, for example. Um, the pace of the closures in department stores and specialty stores is really slow. So CoreSight Research, which continually track store openings and closings shows similar, similar results um, for about 4,800 store closings versus 4,800 store openings from January of this year through August. So prior to this year, we are used to experiencing double the number of closings versus openings. And one thing we have to note that many of the closings that are occurring in 2021 are really companies that are right-sizing the number of stores within the portfolio. So for example, Foot Locker, Bed Bath & Beyond, Francesca's, and there are no department stores in that top 10 list of store closings. Yep, there you go. And here's another interesting piece that kind of plays into department stores kind of maybe on a turnaround is that, you know, Placer AI, their data showed that the mall index for November traffic for indoor malls is up 84% from last year and down only 9% from 2019. Outdoor malls experienced a 45 list in, lift in last year's uh, traffic and a 9% decline compared to 2019. So people are going into malls again. So I think that goes yep. to the apartment store. And I think, don't you have a webinar coming up with Placer AI and Ethan? Yeah. 
Please. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And Shelly, and Placer is unbelievable. I mean, they're all the place. And if you want to know how to digitize your entire ecosystem, uh, they are the people to go to. So whatever you do, go to the Robin Report uh, website and sign up for uh, this uh, discussion I'm going to have with Ethan on December 14th at, um, I think the time is 10 a.m. Yes, it is 10 a.m. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you really have to think about this new value of physical stores. As you mentioned, the synergy, they can be distribution hubs. They can be a convenient place for pickups and returns. And another interesting shift that we touched upon in our previous podcast, the secret behind dark stores, is the growth of this same-day delivery, which plays into the role of physical and digital retail. So these intermediaries like Ship, Instacart, GoPuff, while primarily focused in the past on food, are really expanding into other categories and offering same-day delivery. Yeah, Shelley, one second. Give us a little sentence or two on dark stores for those people who may not know quite what they are. It's fairly new. Sure. So dark stores are literally stores that are in localized neighborhoods <clears throat> that are not open to the general public. So customers can't actually go and shop them. But those dark stores that are closed to the public are used as fulfillment centers uh, for, you know, other stores in the business. Um, so like, for example, if you want to order gifts, Target might have a dark store in your neighborhood where that's where they're filling gifts from, as an example. And we've seen these dark stores from small startup companies um, like Gorilla and GoPuff. And we've seen these dark stores also used by the bigger players like Walmart and Target. Got it. Good. So, so imagine, Robin, picking out all your holiday gifts and then a third party goes around and shops for it and brings all those gifts to you or your recipients the same day. So, and this is important to consider as it directly relates to the digital side, whether you're ordering that on an app or on your desktop with the physical where the product's coming from. So retail's major advantage over online, the physical retail stores, their major advantage has always been this instant gratification. But if you think about it, now digital can deliver near real-time instant gratification as well. And the other aspect of same-day delivery or curbside pickup is that the model is less expensive than actually shipping goods from warehouses or distribution centers. There's less packaging, less shipping, expense, less labor costs, and quite frankly, less logistics. So this triangle of retail, consumer, and delivery intermediary becomes the conduit for growing synergies between online and physical. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and it, 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 it reminds me of the fact that Walmart is deep into figuring out how to use drones. Um, and I think that's a good topic going, for, you know, at some time in the near, near future, Shelley, because that's going to be a big deal. I mean, it's incredible. We're going to have things buzzing over our heads for uh, a long time. Anyway, the, the, you know, as you point out, the stores that can offer both uh, the in-store experience and the digital components, which are aligned with uh, that experience, will build really a deeper loyalty among consumers. And now is the time uh, to build stores uh, 
in the right markets uh, based on the current leasing landscape. Because landlords now are more than happy to offer very flexible lease terms, shorter and less expensive. Um, Levi Strauss, for example, has been negotiating rents that are 15% lower than pre-pandemic levels. So this is a big message. And, and talk about going to stores for the experience. Um, they, meaning Levi, are planning to open about 100 what they call next generation stores, all digitized with, with mobile checkout. Um, they're going to have tailor shops where, you know, they can custom, customize the apparel t-shirts. They can put color rivets on your jeans. And by the way, the powerful use of AI to stock and assort apparel according to local tastes, you know, in those stores. Yeah, I mean, retailers that are creating these environments that are really targeted to their customer base will be able to leverage the physical and online experience to really play off one another. Absolutely, in spades. And Shelly, <clears throat> do you think online sales will ever eliminate, uh, for example, Dick's Sporting Goods experience? I mean, they, they have concepts like House of Sport public lands and golf galaxy stores that have interactive features such as uh, batting cages, rock climbing walls, and putting greens. Um, you know, and then you got, well, we talk, talk about Lululemon forever, their yoga classes, marathons. Uh, Foot Locker's got all kinds of, of experiences in their stores, Nike's as well. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So these physical retailers are really figuring it out. And then you talk about um, the high digital customer acquisition costs. <clears throat> According to ProfitWell, which is a software maker that advises on customer retention and pricing, acquisition costs have increased nearly 50% over the past five years. And it's just going to continue upwards. So again, stores are becoming continually more important for customer acquisition. Yeah, that's really true. You know, I just bought my new uh, driver at Golf Galaxy and I went in and I was able to try out a bunch of different drivers. So, you know, you, you're not going to be able to replace that online for sure. Does it make, it, does it make you as good as your uh, new hubby? No, no, not that good, but I am better. <laughs> um, and, you know, you and I talked about Amazon opening its own version of a department store, which yep. is a good question. Um, but I believe that they'll build something in a very profound way with an experience of some sort. I mean, when I think about Amazon, I'm always asking myself, what next? You know, the world's largest bookstore to Kindle to live streaming, to original streaming content, to AWS, to replacing UPX and FedEx. I mean, really, what's next? They're always ahead of the consumer. That's true. That's true. So, and while digital natives, as reported in the New York Times, went to, when that online, you know, Untuck at the online uh, shirt company that originally started as a digital native, Untuck, it's a great brand. I love Untuck it. Um, so they launched in 2010 and they had no intention of ever opening up physical stores. 
Well, after hundreds of emails from prospective customers saying they wouldn't buy their shirts unless they could touch and try them on, guess what, Robin? They now have 88 stores today and they're planning on opening another 150. There you go. Absolutely. It's crazy, right? So the owner, Chris Ricabono said, we don't look at stores as e-commerce and as separate. We don't look at stores and e-commerce as separate. Bricks and mortar is an extension of our online business. We get a bump online within a 10 mile radius of each store we open. Stores are like an inexpensive billboard. There you go, customer acquisition free of charge. Yeah, and Warby Parker, Shelley, you know, they're a poster example of a digital native uh, going physical. Um, they generated more revenue from their stores than online in 2019. Uh, they currently have 154 stores and they plan another 35 this year. Allbirds, uh, which is trying for an IPO now, while their financial situation is very questionable, in my opinion, um, of course, they're along with a bunch of these other startups. They, they, they don't make any money, but eventually a few of them do. Anyway, uh, Allbirds obviously uh, understands the marriage of physical and digital, um, and they currently have uh, 35 stores. Right. Well, I think another aspect that we talked about, it was also covered in the article, is the fact that retailers are finding it less costly to ship goods from stores as opposed to shipping from distribution centers. So Target estimates it costs 40% less to ship from their stores. By the way, another reason they are rolling out small neighborhood stores across the country. Yeah, and that's it's all happening uh, again because of AI and the ability to, to mine um, data analytics. And, and to analyze the consumer in local markets, in neighborhoods, and get an understanding of, you know, this whole localization, personalization, what goods should be carried in those stores that consumers in that radius around the store prefer. I mean, it's like what you said about Bloomingdale's. Um, so I think a strong wrap, um, Shelley, is what, uh, this guy, Brendan Witcher, who is a principal analyst at Forrester Research, said, it's not like it stores against e-commerce anymore. They play an integral role in supporting each other. The old story that stores are dead is simply not true. Listen, I've been writing and speaking about physical stores not dying for over a decade Stores are the heartbeat of a digital business, and they add a tangible, meaningful asset to the business. You know, when I think of the digital world, you know, mobile devices, desktops, social media, and then layer in the additive of store experience, you know, the combination is very powerful. You had mentioned three to five times more spend with the combined synergies of physical and digital worlds. And if done right, that number is on the high side, five times more spend. By adding a profitable aspect of the digital business like curbside pickup, in-store pickup, same-day delivery to the right-placed physical stores, it's a winning model. It's synergistic and powerful, an ecosystem and relationship between retailer and consumer. Well, amen to that. (laughs) And if Omicron 
can just slow down. I think retailers, Shelly, are really going to have a gangbuster holiday. Yes. Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. And it appears that way so far is what we've seen. For our listeners, you can find more of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and therobinreport.com. And please follow us on social media, link in with us, and follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. Yeah, and I want to thank all of our listeners again. Um, and as I do every week, um, I would like to offer that if any of you have a topic that you would like to hear Shelly and I cover, um, please email me at robin at therobinreport.com. And thanks again for joining us.